Good morning. If I can ask everyone to do something before we get started, can you guys all raise your hands and show us your palms? Both hands. Everyone? Okay. Okay, I don't see any rotten tomatoes, and I don't see any cans or anything. Okay, we're good. Okay. So those of you who have spoken in front of crowds before, it is an extremely nerve-wracking thing before, but uh, we're going to work through this. So if we have a few nerves along the way, because we don't do this every day, and uh, uh, just forgive us, if you, if you will. So um, July 12th, 2016, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary this year. And uh, we can hardly believe it's been 25 years since we've been married. Um, so we're not about to stand up here and tell everyone how to do it right. Because uh, we're just ordinary people. And um, we, we were talking about this before we spoke, uh, before we uh, came this week, we were, we were preparing for uh, today. And we talked about what impacted us most when people stood up front and shared. And really it came down to, it, it, it really was when people shared themselves with us, it was most impactful. It made us think about the week. It made us think about um, what they shared and how God worked in their lives and got them through certain things or, or just how God showed himself. So that's really today what we're going to do. Our attempt is to share over the last 25 years, us as a couple, what God has done and how he's impacted our life. You agree with that? All right, so just to add a little bit of spice to it, um, I have, uh, well, not that kind of spice. <laughs> now, that would be exciting. Um, I have five envelopes out in the audience with a few people I've distributed these to, and they're just going to essentially introduce the sections or topics that we've talked about and that we've put some notes together and uh, would like to share on. I don't know if we're going to have enough time because there's five of them and we kind of did the math and we're trying to keep this at about 20, 25 minutes at the most. So if we don't get through all five, those that have a leftover envelope, you're off the hook uh, for reading them today. But I'll start with just sharing a little bit about our lives together. That started back in 1991. has notes on the back, yeah, if you don't mind. So I'll start by saying um, we met when, when Krista was 16 and I was 17 for the first time, and we met at a Christian camp called Echo Lake. Anyone been to Echo Lake? <laughs> a little woo-woo. Um, great camp. We, uh, at that summer, we dedicated, rededicated our lives. We both had become Christians when we were young, little kids. We both come from Christian families, strong Christian families. And that summer was impactful for both of us. We met at the camp. Uh, I would say we fell in love at the camp, if you want to term it that way. And uh, we also rededicated separately. I, I would really, when I look back at that and say, you know, we were, it was two commitments that we had made that that week. That was very impactful for our lives. Our lives really changed that week for both of us. So 16 and 17. Um, 
from that, uh, from that week, we dated for two years, and then Christian got pregnant. And that was also a very impactful time for us. Um, caused a lot of shame, a lot of hurt. Both of us came from Christian families. Times were a little bit different at that time. And, yeah, it was very tough. It was very tough. But God helped us work through that. Great is thy faithfulness that we sung earlier. He helped us through that. Satan certainly tried to pinpoint us on that one lots of times. Still does. But God helps us through that. Certainly is faithful. Do you want to share anything on that? Yeah? Okay. She's going to share before we're done. Trust me. (laughs) So from that time... From that summer, in a matter of six months, both of us moved away from home. We got married. I started going to university, and we had a kid, all within six months. So that's a lot. Looking back on that and going through it, it, it was a lot. But both of us, again, despite what had happened, despite that we weren't faithful to what God wanted in our lives, he was still faithful to us. He still had his hand on our marriage. We went through a lot, which we'll share when we get to some of the other points later on. But he was faithful. He didn't didn't leave us or forsake us. So two more kids in Guelph that we had. I finished up school. And um, we had a wonderful church. God placed wonderful Christian friends in our lives there. We grew as Christians. Um... Our kids had a wonderful place to live. We were very blessed with the location that we were at. Um, One of the things that we, when we're recalling that time that was very important for us, we were away from family. I had a brother that was at university at the time, same university, and I saw him periodically. But other than that, we really didn't have family in the same uh, city. So we had to rely on each other. Long distance back then was extremely expensive. So that didn't happen that much, maybe once, once a week or a couple times a week. Um, so, and we didn't have internet or anything like that. So there wasn't Skype or communication like it is today with parents. So we had each other and we had friends and we had our church. And that was a really healthy thing. Looking back where God had placed us, that was a really healthy thing in our relationship to have had. So from that time, uh, Different events led us back to Carlton Place. We started uh, our own business in home inspection. And we had our fourth child, Andrew. So fast forward from that time, 1996 to today, 20 years later. Our youngest graduated from high school this year. And we've been blessed with three beautiful grandkids that we're quite enjoying. Both with technology being across halfway across Canada. We enjoy them as well. And really, we're at a point in our lives where we're praying through and anticipating what God has for us next is really where we're at. And looking for his direction on where to go. So that's sort of an overview of us. We're just normal people seeking God's direction in our lives. We're messed up, as we say every Sunday morning, but God's faithful and he helps us through it. 
So there's a few few things that uh, we I just put as an introductory in those envelopes. So I have five people uh, I've asked to read. I'm not going to pinpoint because I didn't even number those envelopes. Uh, I'm just going to ask whoever stands up first to read will be the topic that we start talking about. So you know who you are <laughs> out of five people. <laughs> Thanks, Sharona. Oh, and they haven't pre-read these, so. Thank you very much. Didn't really have a scripture verse for that one that uh, I could accompany it, but it, the definition, dictionary, dictionary definition of family was really, I mean, it was us. We had little kids, a mom and a dad. It was the typical North American family is what we had. And... A couple things changed our view of what a family really is over the last 25 years and made us really realize that a mom and a dad and kids is not necessarily the only thing of what God plans for a family. Um, after your first, if you've had a first child, you swear you'll never have any more. They certainly teach you so much. They teach you patience is probably uh, the number one thing that we talked about um, of things that God teaches you through children. And I would recommend for parents that have kids or those that work with kids is to keep your eyes open for what God can teach you through your children because he's at work there. And there's an innocence there. There's a lack of knowledge of the world that blinds us to who Christ is sometimes. And we can see that through our kids. Fostering is something that we've done for 10 years, the last 10 years. We're now retired from it. And that's really one thing that has opened our eyes to realize that family isn't necessarily what that dictionary definition looks like. Um, it also reminded us or made us more aware of the fact that people around us didn't necessarily have the same upbringing as we did. And it allowed us to give grace when we're talking to someone or approaching someone or dealing with someone and realizing, you know what, their point of view can be a lot different than mine because of how they grew up and the hurt that they carry with them and the baggage that they carry with them is a lot different than what we have. So that for us fostering was a, was a big deal. Uh, but there also we realize there's limitations. And when we're talking about um, as Christians, when we're reaching out beyond our community or even within our community and we're giving of ourselves there are limitations where, where that will take us. You want to share some of that? Just a little bit. <laughs> I don't even know what I was trying to stick to one thing. But you know what? The fostering thing for us, I think, first of all, redefined our family definition for sure. But I think the limitations that Brent's talking about is you can't parent other people's kids the same way you'd parent your own. And I think that you know, it caused 
conflict between us and the agency and it just it was um a real growing experience where you know you kind of come in thinking you can solve a lot of problems but you really you really can't and uh but yeah it was a good experience for us and um and again expanded our family to those we would probably have never met otherwise it's true we grew a lot during that time, uh, and we're going to get into it. There's another section that talks a little bit about it. It's very impactful on our lives, to, not only as a family, but as our kids. I'm sure if you talk to them, they would have their version of impact that they had in their lives too as well. So now we're retired from that, and something that we realize and want to share with you, even though that phase or that period of time is done, taking care of people you should never retire from. So for us, that's just, just something God used us for. We, feel, we felt we were led there, and we still feel like we were led down that path, yet there's a new chapter that involves something different for us. So just wanted to share with that with people that we really didn't feel there is a retirement from helping people. That's our... That's our uh, responsibility as Christians is what God wants us helping people. Okay, next. Oh, you have more? No. Next envelope, please. Thanks, Stefan. Was that the long one? Oh man, sorry. <laughs> Stefan said, as long as it's not a lot of reading, I'm like, don't worry, it's like they took a sentence or two, and I had one that was long, and I didn't label them, so I'm proud of you, man, I'm proud of you. Thanks, buddy. So, loss. This one's not an easy one. So over the last 25 years, we've lost close friends. The obviously loss of foster kids that we cared for and loved for a period of time and passed them along to new families. Uh, loss of work. Loss of businesses that weren't successful. And loss of health. I think when we look back at those times, there's... There was ones that were more difficult than others. There was ones that required a longer grieving process than others. But when we sort of summarize that, when we look back at the losses that we've had together, we were happy to be together for those losses, to be able to rely on each other. But we spent a lot of time in prayer when we, when we look back at that, seeking after God and the questions why. Why us? Why them? Why whatever? And I can't stand here and say, you know, after two weeks of why in God, he gave us the answers and everything's fine after that. Loss doesn't work that way. Sometimes loss reappears and it hasn't been dealt with. Sometimes you need professional help to help you through that loss. People that understand the emotional impact that you'd have in your life for those types of things. Um, but things that we've learned, I look back at 25 years and say, okay, Chris, what did we learn from all that? And how did God work through that? 
We, we learned it's very important to grieve and to take the time to not rush that process. And loss, as you can see, was a variety of different things. It doesn't have to be necessarily loss of life. It can be loss of anything. But you have to allow that grieving process. God designed us this way that we grieve and we spend that time in the grieving. But it's also important to move through it. When that grieving process is over, there's a time for it, but there's a time to also move past that and pick yourself up and keep moving forward and ask God, okay, well, what else you got for me now? Thank you for helping me through that. Of course, everyone has good and bad days. You always will during this process. It's very important to celebrate the good when they happen. And of course, uh, praying through it all. And he certainly cares. by celebrating goodness too is when you lose something there was something good about it so you're celebrating the goodness of that life or that job or that your health or whatever you had that you've lost I think it's important to celebrate that goodness as well of the the person or the thing that you're you're mourning I think that's absolutely okay next envelope Thanks, Madison. So this is pretty tough. I think Krista understands this better than I do, to be quite honest with you. A um, few things that come to mind, and this is the Christian background, it's 1 Corinthians 13. It describes what perfect love is. And if you haven't read that passage before, I, I, I encourage you to open that one up and, and read through it. So, unconditional love. We were in love when we first met. I mean, we were in love. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a few of those, you know, sayings that you hear that, you know, love hurts, that's the kind of love. It was like when we were apart, it hurt. And I mean that sincerely. We were an hour apart. And I said before that um, long distance was expensive. I mean expensive, like it was 75 bucks. A m we talked once a week and it was 75 bucks a month, and which was a lot of money back then. So it was expensive. So you got like, you got half an hour to talk and we, we wrote letters back and forth, you know, but uh, we, we were apart, we were in love. And we'd always planned on getting married. That was always something that we had talked about and something we had hoped for. But when you get married and, and, and that honeymoon period ends, you start dealing with the issues that all married couples deal with and all partners deal with, even if you're not married, right? You've been dating a long time. Some of those things start to surface. And some of our conflicts that we had, quite honestly, were quite explosive. We were just kids. We were like, we were 18 and 19, right? You gotta remember well, sorry for those that are 18 and 19. You're adults, of course, but we were kids. When you're, when you're our age, you look back, you're just kids, right? But, we, but our, quite honestly, our, our conflicts were quite explosive. We were, we were immature in the way we dealt with conflict. Um, but we look back at that now on the struggles that we had working through how to conflict well. Because conflict is good. Believe it? Yeah. 
it's good. Because if we didn't have pushback, I, I, I'd, just, I'd just be a yes man, right? You don't want that. Or a yes woman, right? So we sharpen each other. We push back on each other. But as a marriage, you got to learn how to do that together and for it to be a good thing. And that took a long time. It still continues. Uh, those that have been married 50 years, I'm sure you're saying, you know what, it still continues at 50 years. <laughs> but it's healthy conflict when it's done right. We look back and we, we kind of look at that time and we kind of chuckle at some of the stuff we argue about and the buttons you push when you're early, early on in your uh, relationship. Um, but I w we wanted to say a couple things that were important to us. One is that um, we've been to counseling, and there's no shame in that. Sometimes there's, there's a requirement for professional help to help you through some of those things you just can't get through. And I suggest in a marriage, go get help early before you got lots of baggage that goes with those issues that now you're dealing with on top of it. Because it's even harder to work through those things after you got the baggage. Now you got to deal with the baggage and you got to deal with the issue. And it's a lot more expensive when you do it that <laughs> way too. So, But seriously though, it's important. And, and uh, from a society perspective, I don't know why, maybe it's even the Christian community, we shun counseling. It's like something that has to be done in quiet. And, and if it's a counseling center you're going to, what if someone sees us walk in there? They'll think we're having problems, you know? <laughs> It's like all marriages have problems, right? If you've been married any length of time, all marriages have problems. We all got to work through stuff. And then another thing that was really impactful was a book called Love and Respect. We read sort of halfway through our marriage. And it described about how men and women interpret love and accept love differently. That was a book that was very impactful. I highly, highly recommend that for those of you that... Uh, are looking for the next book to read together um, at nighttime or whenever. So to summarize the unconditional love component here and what it looks like, it's certainly not perfect. If it was perfect, we'd be in heaven right now. Christ knows unconditional love. We don't. His Holy Spirit can help us with it. We can't generate unconditional love ourselves because we're, we're, we're built in sin. Like We're in a sin-filled life here. So we got to draw from the Holy Spirit for unconditional love. But after 25 years, we can say that we're still fight about some of the same things we fought about earlier. We might just be a little bit more mature about it. Um, but, it but it's important to work through those issues and continue to work through them. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> Do we only have time for one more? Okay, who's got the next envelope? Thanks, Mark. Thank you. The part before that, which a lot of us are familiar with, a time for, a time for, a time for, we felt that that was an important part of that passage. So something about 25 years. Anyone been married 50 years in the crowd? 
Anyone close to 50? Does the, does the second half go quicker than the first half, John? Yeah. My father describes it like a toilet paper roll. He goes, as you get to the center, it just starts going quicker. That's real wisdom, right? Yeah. Thanks, Dad, for that one. Um, I'm sure you've heard this analogy before, but it's like the vision is, is a large jar every day. That jar is empty, and you have to start putting things in it. And you can put big boulders in that jar first, and you think, well, my jar's full, but then you can put smaller pebbles in, and they kind of sink around it, and you think, well, my jar's full. Then you can put sand in it and think, well, now my jar's full. Look, it's right up to the rim, yet there's still room for some water. And the importance of that analogy is if the boulders don't go in first, they're just not going in. And we talked about this a little bit, and something that we realized, Krista was home for most of our married life as a stay-at-home mom. And what she did was she picked up the boulders that no one else could fit in their jars because we didn't manage our time properly. And she picked up that for us. And that's, that's pretty important in our relationship, how that worked, was that even though we fell short of, of working and, 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 and planning our days properly, mom was always there to pick up the pieces. Yeah, no regrets. Absolutely. I think I have time for that last one. Well, it's long, but it, we'll try to we'll try to skim through it quickly here. Yeah. Who's got the last envelope? Riley. <laughs> so money is easy? Is that what I heard? <laughs> Practical? Slippery. <laughs> Green. Sorry? Earthy? Earthly, yeah, for sure. So everyone's got sort of a different view of what money is. And when it comes to relationships in particular, I don't think you're ever going to get two people that agree on it. Because even two people that are sort of streamlined, even if they're, let's say you got two savers together, they're both going to think differently on how saving happens and whether you save now or save later. So it is, it, it, it is a constant um, point of potential conflict within marriage. Ours isn't void of that. Certainly at the beginning of our lives and all the way through, there's, there's still times where we need to sharpen each other when it comes to money. So things that we know today. Here's the knowledge that we've developed over the last 20 years, 25 years. Debt is like a heavy weight that pulls you down. I know there's a verse in Proverbs. I couldn't find it, but I know there's a verse in Proverbs about debt, bad debt. There's everyone's got debt. I'm talking about bad debt. Um, we've had worst conflicts because of money, which should have been our best times. And I'm talking anniversaries, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, any other day. 
But seriously, those times were jeopardized. If there's a regret that we have looking back at those times, were the times we spent arguing over money when we should have been celebrating those times together. Words of wisdom. Tithing. What did we talk about earlier? Great is thy faithfulness. I'll tell you right now, it is one thing we've done, always have, is tithe or more. And God is faithful. I don't know how he does it. We tithe when we had nothing. We tithe when we had lots. And he was continually faithful. And, and I don't have time to go through it now, but there's lots of stories where we can say we gave and he gave back. And sometimes right to the dollar. And it, it's, it's, it's incredible. Last word of wisdom. Both of us have spent more time on our knees when we've had nothing than when we've had plenty. So, I don't think that I need to add anything to that phrase. That is what it is. God wants us on our knees seeking after him. So, if it's a question of whether we give and we're not going to have something left to pay a bill at the end of the month in three weeks' time, all I say is be faithful because he'll be faithful back to you. Anything in summary? During summary? I love being married. <laughs> she said she loves being married. So um, I'm going to close in prayer, and I'm going to pray for our marriage for our next 25 years. And I'm going to ask for prayer because that's something that Chris and I have a tough time doing. To be honest with you, we, we have a hard time asking for prayer. But I would like to ask for the churches, our community's blessing on our marriage for the next 25 years and ask for your prayers to continue to support us that way. Um, that'd be awesome. So, Father, we praise your name. We praise your name for 25 years. Praise your name that we're still together. And Lord, we give you the glory and we brag because of you. Father God, I just pray that um, the words that came from our mouths today will be like seed that you've sown with our community. And I pray that uh, someone, uh, that you just communicate to someone that way. Father, we thank you for the blessing that we have here. We thank you for our family here. We thank you for the people. We thank you for our friends. Lord, I just pray for a blessing on our marriage. I pray that you continue to draw us close. Pray against sin that, would, that uh, wants to tear it apart. And uh, we just thank you for the God who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.